0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Showtime Forum podcast, talking all things purple and gold. I'm Chris Camello, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, Nick Hamilton. We got another great show for y'all today. After two impressive wins, should the Lakers continue to load manage? Did a key player finally hush his critics? And will the Lakers sign a talented SoCal product? We're breaking that all down and more for y'all today on the Showtime Forum podcast. But before we do, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Showtime Forum. That's at Showtime Forum. Well, Nick, first of all, before we get into everything, Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great holiday season. Christmas and New Year's have come and gone. We are now in 2020, the start of not only a new year, but a new decade. And the Lakers... Continue to roll in this new decade. They have now won eight straight games, and they were shorthanded this weekend going into Dallas, taking on Luka Doncic and company in the doubt with the Dallas Mavericks. They lost Anthony Davis before that to a sacral contusion, which basically means he's got a bruise gluteus maximus. Or as Day Day from next Friday would say, Man, I broke a butt cheek. <laughs> so the Lakers go into Dallas. They pound on Luka and the Mavericks, 129-114. to And then Saturday night, second of a back-to-back, LeBron battling the flu. He sits. AD, of course, did not play. And then they lose Danny Green to a sore right hip, and they put the Hurton on a hot Oklahoma City Thunder team who had won 8 out of 9 going into that game. And they were up 32 in the second half, and they were able to cruise to a 15-point win. The Lakers I mean, I I was speechless after Saturday night's game. I I mean, I don't know about you, but everybody stepped up in that game, and uh, it really goes to show you how deep and talented the Lakers are right now.
1: Well, happy 2020 after saying all that. That was a mouthful. Um, Listen, I think the Lakers are really surprising a lot of critics, including myself, and I'm not saying I've, I've overly criticized them, but... I did not expect them to, to beat the OKC Thunder, especially with all they have lost with no LeBron, no AD, no Danny Green. Yeah. Um, you didn't know what to really expect, especially against Chris Paul, Shea, Ale- Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, a lot of They had a lot of talented pieces on that OKC team. So when you looked at uh, – and that's no disrespect to Kyle Kuzma because I think Kyle Kuzma can ball, but who else was going to step up in their absence? Right. And when you looked at what they had to offer – as far as okay, we know they beat him on Friday. LeBron was out sick on Saturday, but magically, it was a miracle he got better at the Bad Bunny concert <laughs> in Staple center, but anyway um but with all they lost and the way they beat the o k c thunder, I mean they beat him by I believe fifteen or something to that. one twenty
0: five one ten was the final, yeah,
1: so. I'm saying to myself, okay, this team is special. And even, you know, when I talked to Quinn Cook um, this past weekend at the uh, California Strong event, you know, I asked him, I said, man, what is it about this team that's so resilient, that's so, you know, definitive as it pertains to – you know, just pertains to how this team is, the the mentality and what they have to prove. And do they feel like they have to prove anything? And basically, you know, he just told me, hey, man, look, we're out here trying to, you know, play the best ball we could play. You know, we have great leadership and our leaders and LeBron and AD. And, you know, it's really a a great camaraderie. Like it's really almost like a family type of atmosphere when you think about it. And when you look inside that locker room, when you go inside that locker room, and you see certain things, and you see guys that are really have a lot of chemistry. Um, and that was one of the questions that we thought even in the preseason, how much chemistry is this team going to have? Because these guys have never really played with each other before. And so now you have to look at um, how they're going to gel and be able to gel um, in the midst of just all this brand newness, I like to call it, with the coaching staff mm-hmm. and the players. Yeah. And- You know, because only a few guys remain from the previous year's team. So, you know, he was really excited. Um, You know, I think they got a really good high off that win uh, because a lot of people, including myself, didn't think they would beat OKC. So hats off to them. Uh, Hopefully they can continue it against, you know, teams like Cleveland, Orlando. And then they got a big showdown uh, next weekend, or this coming weekend, I should say, Mm -hmm. uh, against the Houston Rockets in Houston. So I think this team has done a remarkable job in – Keeping themselves together, um, fighting through a lot of adversity, whether it's injuries, whether it's lineup changes, right. um, whether it's different rotations that that Frank Vogel decided to move move around, um, you know, with Anthony da- Anthony Davis's injury, um, that was
0: scary when it first happened.
1: Man, it I thought I, I thought his leg gave out because it looked like when you kept when you watched it from certain angles against the Knicks. Um, you I thought his leg gave out and I that that concerned me more because if your leg gives out that's a nerve issue. And when you have nerve issues as a big man it's never a good ending when you have nerve issues as a big no, man.
0: No, and, and, and you know what that's what I was saying. I'm like if that was a leg issue it's a rap, you know. That's what I was kind of doing Um, you know, but when I saw the landing, I was like, okay, he just landed on his butt. He landed on the tailbone. And if you've ever played basketball or any sport and you land, just thought, let's say you land on the fleshy part of the thigh, you're still going to feel it on your tailbone. It hurts, you know? And what people were responding to me, Nick on Twitter was thank goodness. He didn't try to use his arms or his hands to, or I'm sorry, his, uh, his legs as well to try to break his fall. Thank goodness he landed the way he did because that could have been, like you said, a lot worse in injury. You could have tore something. You could have hyperextended something. You could have had, uh, a, like you said, a, a nerve issue or something. You know. So thank goodness that it was just a sacral contusion, a bruised butt, or whatever you want to call it. Because it could have been a heck of a lot worse.
1: Oh, it could have been extremely worse. I yeah. mean, it could have been to the point where he could be missing some months. Yeah. Because when you have those nerve issues, those nerve issues are, are tricky because you don't know – what it is? It's not like a bone. It's not like tissue. It's mm-hmm. not like a, a muscle. You know, from for all intents and purposes, from doctors that I've talked to, you know, yeah. even people that have sciatica, like your sciatica, act up at any moment in time. Yeah. There's no there's no trigger. At least with a hamstring or muscle or, you know, it 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 comes and goes. So right. you can kind of feel it, like, eh, my my hammy is tight, or, uh, you know, this muscle in my my rib my, my rib cage is getting feeling a certain way, or sure. my shoulder, or yep. what have you. You know, with nerves, you never know. They can flare up. Exactly. Yeah. So at, at a moment's notice, you could feel good in pregame, and then you walk the moment you step out on that floor, somebody could be bouncing next to you, and all of a sudden it acts up. So, um, you know, thankfully that it wasn't something more serious. I mean, um, apparently he didn't have – it, it didn't hurt that much. He went to the Green Bay Packers game. yeah, And uh, <laughs> revealed that he'd been a Packers fan. Coming from Chicago now, I don't know how how towns gonna feel about that, but bear fans, uh, bear fans
0: are definitely gonna be miffed.
1: The the the, the <laughs> fact that he was out there in the cold on the sidelines uh, at the Packers and Seahawks game on Sunday, yeah. uh, is a good sign because that the fact that he could. First of all, when you in that kind of cold, buddy, and you hurting, it hurts. Um, oh yeah. So the fact that he could, you know, walk out there, um, he didn't look like he was walking gingerly, uh, which is a good sign. And possibly, you know, he could be available for the Cleveland game or possibly be available for the the Orlando game. If I'm the Lakers, though, I keep him out until Houston. I agree. I think you need to give that man as much rest as possible. Mm -hmm. These are two games, and no disrespect to the teams, but they're weenies, okay? (laughs) These are sub-500 teams. You should be able to beat sub-500 teams, especially with LeBron James Possibly coming back against Cleveland, I'm sure he'll definitely be back against even, Orlando.
0: And even without LeBron James, they prove they can be elite. Well, that's one more, game. Well, that, well, let's not let's, let's not yeah. get
1: let's not get beside ourselves because that's one game. Um, any listen, if they don't play a certain particular way, Cleveland can beat them without LeBron and AD. So the mentality has to continue to be there. They had the mentality of we're going to keep our foots on their necks and we're going to snap them off. Right. And that's what they did. That's why they were so successful against OKC. Mm-hmm. Yes, you had Kyle Kuzma who balled out. He was fantastic. Um, and he has to keep that. But my question is this. With Kyle Kuzma, and I know we talked about this off air, is Kyle Kuzma still tradable because he's balling better and he's raising his his, his trade stock? Or is he a guy that you keep in the fold and say, "Okay, let's see what this guy can continue to do and how he adjusts." Because here's the here's the thing: with AD being out, yeah, Kuzma is is looked like the Kuzma of last season because right. all he had to do was play with LeBron. Yeah. Now let's see if he can continue that same intensity, that same drive, that same type of production level with AD back in back in the fold along with LeBron. Can he do that? Well, that is the question.
0: Well, and here was the thing. The, the one aspect I thought, and I put this out there on Twitter, the fact that AD and LeBron were both out, and really just AD being out, for example, on Friday night, this was an opportunity to for Kyle Kuzma to show two things. One— I am capable of having big performances. I can be asked to carry more of the load. And two, I am boosting my own trade stock. So you want to keep me great, you want to trade me great. You know, I feel like I I kind of killed two birds with one stone uh, with with both of these performances this last weekend. 23 points uh, in the first half of of Saturday night's game. I think he had 21 in the first half against Dallas. He kind of cooled off in the second half. The Defe- the defenses were keying in on him and you know, guys are bound to miss shots. It's the nature of the NBA. You're going to you're going to go on a hot streak and they're going to go on a cold streak. So, I think right now what the Lakers are trying to do and I think what Frank Vogel is trying to do is 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 just get his confidence rolling. That way when Davis and LeBron come back and he's back to coming up off the bench, he will come out there and just try to try, try to ball out. Try to be aggressive. But at the same point in time, I think with Kuz is it's what he's got to realize, and this is a problem with a young player at times, they think that the only way they can make an impact is scoring. You don't always have to score to make an impact. You can make an impact with your defense. You can make an impact with your playmaking. You can make an impact with your rebounding. That's the key. You know, you look at Lou Williams. Lou Williams could have uh, a great impact on the game without, with only scoring like, Ten to twelve points because he could rebound at times. He can make plays. He he could he could make assists. He's a, he's a an extra ball handler and he's always a threat to shoot. So even a professional scorer like w- Lou Williams could make an impact on on the in the game without necessarily scoring the b- basketball. Same thing with Montrezl Harrell. So if I'm with Kyle Kuzma, when these guys come back, I don't always worry so much about my offense. Yes, I want to be aggressive. I want to take good shots, but it's also about being within the flow of the game. And taking shots within the flow of the offense and not forcing the action because it felt like the last couple of games before these injuries happened uh, and LeBron's illness that he was forcing the action because he feels like I gotta I gotta be that third option I gotta show these guys I'm and, I'm, I'm and, good enough and you know that's
1: the problem you get when you start listening to outside noise I mean when you do, when you listen like I, I asked a question this past weekend to Jared Goff the Rams quarterback and I asked him I said basically. You know, with all the criticism, negativity that you guys receive between you and Todd Gurley, like how much of that do you guys even pay attention to? If you pay attention to it at all, because you guys are human. At the end of the day, we all listen to stuff, whether we, you know, uh, exercise our option to, to act on it or not. We all have an opportunity to listen to things or at least even if it seeps in somehow, some way. It, 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 we it all watch TV, we're all right, on our it phones, us. And yeah. so we're all He said, Twitter. man, we really don't even listen to that kind of stuff. I mean, we hear it, but we don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really effective what he said because it's a difference between hearing something like you, you can hear all kind of stuff. I mean, you ask somebody, did you, are you hearing me? Yeah, but did you listen? No, because you can't regurgitate what that person just said. Denzel so said that in training day. You can't, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're different in that regard, you know, there's a difference in that regard, I should say. And so that's the approach that Kyle Kuzma is going to have to take. He can hear it, but he can't listen to it. Because once you listen to it, now it's di- now you've digested it into you, so now it's going to be coming out of you at some point because of the fact that you, you listen to it instead of just maybe hearing a piece of it and just saying, okay, just brushing it off and saying, okay, whatever, I'm going to be me. I'm just going to do me. Nick, I have a, I have a very important question. Should he hear or listen what people are
0: saying about his hairstyle?
1: Oh sh- man.
0: Well the real Slim Shady, please Listen, stand, up? He, he, please stand we asked him, up.
1: We asked him about that like a, a week or so ago and he was like, Man, I don't pay attention to that <laughs> stuff because the fans were actually calling him Slim Shady. And I was like, Okay, dude, like obviously you're bored. He's the kind of dude, he has he has too much time on his hands, I think. I agree. And I love Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. I think he's a good dude. I think he's solid all uh, you know as far as on the court. Very confident. I think he can I think he can he can flat out ball. I think yeah. he's an asset to this team. I just think Kyle Kuzma needs to focus on just being the best him he can be and stop trying to be what everybody else wants him to be. Mm-hmm. He has to be the best him he can be. I agree. If he can do that and just play basketball the way and also too, he's got to start I don't know, I'm not gonna say he's not, but he's got to really start having fun. Playing basketball,
0: he doesn't look like it. Like he's having fun right and, now. Even after those two great performances, and that's this something weekend, I'm going to yeah. ask
1: him when I see him this week. I'm going to actually ask him, "Are you having fun playing basketball?" Because yeah. uh, consistently, not that you're not having fun at all, but I'm saying all across the board, are you having fun? Because I think when I looked at him last season and the season prior before LeBron, he was out there having fun. You could tell he was having fun. He was playing. He was. He was. He had. A, he had a flow to him. Um, even last season he had a flow to him. This season I know about the injuries. He missed a lot of training camp and he had to acclimate himself to the offense. The worst new thing offense. that could have happened to him. The worst but thing. You can't be out there playing with the lemon booty. You just can't. Yeah. You gotta you know.
0: Especially when that lemon booty's on your head already.
1: <laughs> Pause. I don't know nothing about that. Anyway, you just killed it. Um Yes, I did. Yeah, don't don't no no don't do that. <laughs> no, but another thing but, too. But I mean, um, I think you just have to, you just have to make sure that he he's free flowing. He has to be able to assert himself in the offense the the best way he knows how to. And don't forget that you're here for a reason. Like yeah. you were kept over for a reason. Right. Like remind yourself of that. Like you were the organization thought enough of you to not trade you. To keep you out of trade talks Mm -hmm. at the time when they let go of BI and and Lonzo and 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 Josh Hart Josh Hart and And, and the picks. You know, all those picks that they gave up. You know, they kept you here for a reason. So remind yourself of that. And at the same time Play your style of basketball. You have to ingratiate yourself into the offense, obviously, with the playbook, what Frank Vogel is calling the other coaching staff. But remind yourself that you're here for a reason. And remember that. And play ball the way you know how to play ball. I agree. <clears throat> I, I really do. I, I, I like what
0: Kyle Kuzma did this, this past weekend. It was great. But, you know, you even saw – I don't know if you saw how much of the Friday night game against Dallas that you saw – Um, I was actually live tweeting the game on the Showtime forum Twitter. He did not play. After he airballed that open three from the corner, he didn't play until the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And when that shot happened, it was about four to five minutes left in the third. So it goes to show you that at times I think Frank Vogel is going to hold him accountable and say if you're not not just not producing offensively, but if you're allowing that to affect your defensive game, I'm going to pull you. And that's, you know, for as much trash as we've talked about KCP and his inconsistency, the one thing Frank Vogel has always marveled about those guys is even if their shots aren't falling, they're still making an impact on the defensive end of the floor. And I think Kyle Kuzma has got to take more of a page out of that book where it's like, okay, I'm 0 for 6, I'm 0 for 7. I can't allow that to affect my defensive game or my rebounding, or or anything else. I still have to commit and do the little things correctly if I want to play meaningful minutes for this team late in the fourth quarter instead of watching Danny Green or KCP or Bradley or Rondo take those minutes from me.
1: Listen, you can't really worry about stuff that's out of your control. If you're playing well, the same thing we talked about on, on this podcast weeks prior about Quinn Cook. You know, one minute Quinn Cook's getting 25 minutes, the next he's getting five. You can't focus on things that you cannot control. Right. Kyle Kuzman can't control the minutes that he gets outside of him playing well, right? If he's playing well, he can't control because Frogel could say, hey, I'm going to give you 28 minutes today. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'm going to give you 12. And, I mean, what are you, you going to do? You got to make the most of those 12 minutes that you're getting, right? That's what you have to do. So if, if you score 15 points in 12 minutes, great. If you score 10 points in, you know, six six dimes or seven dimes, cool. That's what you have to do. You were productive, right? You helped the team elevate themselves past their competition. Fine. You can't control that. What you can control is your productivity when it comes to your time within the 94 feet. Once you can do that, then it doesn't matter how many minutes you get in that regard, because, again, that's all you can control. Right. Your health, your willingness to produce, your willingness to listen and execute the plays that you've learned and go and communicate with your coaches. And your effort. That's all you can do. Yeah, and your are That's effort. all you can do. Mm-hmm. You can't control anything else. So if you're Kyle Kuzma, stop listening to it about being a third option. There is no third option. There is dynamic duos in the Western Conference. I told you all before, this is NBA Jam 2019-2020. Okay, every team has dynamic duos in the Western Conference. That counts. If you have guys that can contribute effectively and consistently, that's a bonus. That's it, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the, the Blazers. Um, Denver, you, Houston, you know, Utah. The Jazz, yeah. um, you know whoever it may be, mm-hmm. there are dynamic duos in the Western Conference. If they have anybody else outside that contributes on a consistent basis, that's a bonus. The Lakers – have guys that can contribute on a consistent basis if they continue to put their minds to it, which is a plus. And I think this is a very special team this season. Yeah. If they can continue on, and I know we don't like to use the 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 the, 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 the cuss words of low management, but cuss words. That's I mean that's what Laker Laker fans act like. You know, low management is something like a curse. Yeah. Uh, but it's happening. Say what you want. It's happening. Houston's whether doing left, it right
0: now with Russell Westbrook. Whether, they've been, they've see, been holding him out again. They're games.
1: saying rest, um, which I have a problem with because the problem I have with that is this. You can't criticize one player, but don't criticize the other one mm-hmm. for doing the same exact thing. And and, and, and I say that because the, at least the other player has a significant injury that they're battling. This dude is just battling fatigue, which is not, nothing to sneeze at, but at the same time, let's not act like he's dealing with an injury. Right. Okay? This guy is still much younger. <laughs> you know, he's he's still a young guy uh, as it pertains to Westbrook. So when I look at guys like LeBron, I really wish LeBron wouldn't have said what he said about load management because now he painted himself into a corner that's just hard for you to get out of. So when you want to take day, games off because you're fatigued, because you're tired, or you're, you don't want to re-aggravate that growing injury or any other injury for that matter, mm-hmm. then you have to make sure – that um you just don't say anything just say hey man look I'm, I'm fatigued. You're 35 years of age. You've been playing 17 plus years in the league. Mm-hmm. Good lord. You've probably been playing at least almost 30 years worth of basketball.
0: But at the same point in time you also want to be careful what you tell the media and what actually gets reported to the league because, you know, as we saw with the Clippers, uh, with the Kawhi Leonard situation earlier this season, there was a miss there, uh, uh, there was a misspoken statement by Doc Rivers and it actually cost the Clippers, what was it? They, they got hit with like a $25,000 fine, $35,000 fine or something. The- so you want to be careful with what you say well, here's pro- how you paint these nights off.
1: Here's the problem. If the Clippers would have been forthcoming and said, hey, Kawhi's dealing with a knee contusion, this is why we're holding him off on, on, on managing the injury because he can't play back-to-backs because his knee may flare up and we can't afford – we want him as healthy as we can because we're we're obviously looking to make a playoff push and get, in, get into June. Um, if you would have said that up front instead of trying to dis- not disclose the injury – trying to be Bill Belichick-ish, you probably would have been fine and people would have been more receptive to the fact of Kawhi not playing back-to-backs. With LeBron, my thing is don't speak down on low management when, number one, you've done it earlier in your career. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have a reason right now to have low management because, good Lord, you're still one of the greatest players to play the game, and you're 35 years of age. You're going to go. You played a lot of basketball in your time, even though 35 is still relatively young as far as off the court.
0: 17 years But in, when
1: you're yeah. on the court, and as hard as LeBron plays night in and night out for years, this man has gone to nine NBA finals, eight straight. He's won three, chi- three titles trying, looking for his fourth. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get that parade on Figueroa. Finally. Um, but what I'm saying is a lot of basketball, that, and it's a lot of weight on his shoulders as sure. a leader. Yeah. And so – if you're gonna take nights off, like I said, you know, people question, I I made a I made a joke and I said, Well, don't ever compare Jordan to LeBron, because at least when Jordan was sick, he played. He probably played better when he was sick than yeah. what he did when he was Le- when he was healthy. But LeBron played sick, too. 32 points, 14 rebounds,
0: and I think eight assists on Friday night against Dallas.
1: Yeah, yeah, but then listen, let me tell you he,
0: something. He didn't look well though. Let Nick. me tell you something. He didn't man. look well to me.
1: Let me tell you something. He looked okay on Saturday and 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 Maybe he took some quill, maybe he did something cuz on Sunday he came out to Staples Center at the Bad Bunny concert and rocked it. So he don't look like a man that was sick. Well, you And I'm you not mean- and I'm not saying and I'm not saying he wasn't sick or he didn't have symptoms cuz we all are fighting off symptoms even us that are in regular day everyday life we're fighting you off symptoms. You and I have both
0: been sick the last couple um, of weeks,
1: yeah. I've been fighting it, boy like a yeah. like a Tyson fight. Yeah. Um, Me too. But like I said, I mean I'm not saying he wasn't sick, but I'm saying you I think, think it was more load management I think than the it actual was, I illness. I think it was more fatigue because – and fatigue, you know, can open up the door for you to get sick. Absolutely. So I'm not saying he wasn't sick. I'm just saying I think it was more fatigue than anything. I think he needed a night off. Playing a back-to-back, traveling, playing yeah. a back-to-back, balling out the way he did, dropping 35. Mm-hmm. I think he needed a night off, and I think, and that's perfectly fine. Like I have no problem with low management, and, quote unquote. I have no problem with injury management, if that's what you want to call it. That sounds better to your to your little baby ears out there. I I don't have a problem because these athletes play eighty two games. They can run a, in excess of four miles per game. Most people don't even walk four miles in a week.
0: I was about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> there are
1: three. You play at least three to four games in a week, uh-huh. right? That's, that's almost 12 miles a week mm-hmm. that they're running.
0: Almost a half a marathon. Right. Yeah. Half Sometimes, a marathon. And it could
1: be more than 12 miles, depending Absolutely. on if they're playing
0: four and five if nights. They're play, if they're playing, you know, yeah. 40,
1: 46, 47 minutes, yeah. that's a lot of running. Absolutely. And we you know, know that, and we know LeBron and
0: AD have done, done that. It. And the thing is, Nick, what I what I was so impressed with was guys that haven't played in weeks, meaningful minutes in weeks. Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, they stepped up big time. Ray Rondo was, I mean, he really set the tone going back to the second half of Friday night's win against Dallas. He was, I mean, when Kyle Kuzma went cold and LeBron started sitting in the second half, I thought Rajon Rondo played fantastic in that second half. I think he had all 10 of his points in that half, and that carried right over into Saturday night's uh, game against Oklahoma City. So, you know, you saw a great game from Quinn Cook. You saw a great game from Troy Daniels off the bench. Dwight Howard continues to play really well. And Rajon Rondo, you know, all he does, and you're on Twitter as much as I am, if not even more, and you hear during Laker games, Oh, get rid of Rondo. He sucks. He does this. He slows down the game. He can't shoot. He's turning the ball over. You know, why do we still have him? Saturday night and Friday night was a prime example of why the Lakers still value a guy like Rajon Rondo because of how he could dominate a game on the offensive end. Getting guys involved, getting to the hoop and scoring, breaking down a defense, um, and just being a leader out there. Nobody talks more on the offensive and defensive end than, than Rajon Rondo. And I think what these other guys showed as well, like Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels, is, yeah, we know we're at the end of the bench, but we're always ready when you need us. You need us for instant offense, we're there for you. So that the Lakers showed their depth and their experience, and the fact that they are willing to do whatever it takes to win uh, on a a daily basis.
1: Well, here's the thing I look at, right? Like, I look at the fact that when you are a veteran like Rajon Rondo, people want consistency. And he hasn't been the most consistent. No, he hasn't. I'll give you that. And I think that's been the criticism um, of him. I think that's been the criticism. And that's why people have been asking for Darren Collison or – Drew, try to get Drew Holiday out here Chris because Paul. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not on the board to Chris Paul trying to think that ship is sailed. Let it go. <laughs> let go and let God. Um, and I think when you look at Darren Collison, <clears throat> excuse me, and what he has accomplished in his career, um, coming back, I think would be a... A benefit now. It's going to take him time to get back in basketball shape with any team because he's been off for so long. I'm not saying he doesn't keep himself in shape, but Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being in shape and being in basketball shape in the NBA. Of course. Um, And learning the system. I think that I mean he's a very quick learner. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll take him that long to understand the system. Uh, And the same with Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday probably would be a lot easier fit because he's in basketball shape. Um, he's also a very quick learner, very high basketball IQ, and I think he could take some pressure off of LeBron always having to bring the ball up for the you know, majority of the game because as the season progresses, it's only going to get tougher, and you, don't, you need to conserve LeBron's energy as much as possible, um, especially in that fourth quarter. And I think Drew Holiday could be most effective, especially in the, in the later, latter part of the third going into the fourth quarter because he's a guy – that can bring the ball up, can distribute the basketball effectively, can, can move guys around and get them in position and prime positions to score, or prime positions to take a high percentage shot. And so, I look at Drew Holiday and I'm saying, okay, if they could pull this kid, which is gonna be, damn, I mean, it's gonna be extremely difficult because David Griffin is not gonna play fair. Um, we all know how much the Pelicans Pelicans hate the Lakers.
0: And and he uh, he already took a lot of the Lakers' prime uh, uh, prospects. I mean, he took B.I., Lonzo, Josh Hart, the draft picks, not to mention Drew Holiday has a big contract. How are you going to make the salaries work without getting a third team in? Well,
1: and that's what I'm saying. It's going to have to be a third team involved. At least with Darren Collison, you don't have to work as hard and as much. Snag him right Um, off the— And and you can kind of you know give him a workout, see how he fits, see how he's acclimated you know have lebron have ad there maybe have rondo there as well you I know agree. being a veteran um vogel maybe Jason may, Kidd, yeah. well of course vogel's going to be there i mean yeah. obviously it's a it's a workout but mm. um, maybe even maybe even have a a Dwight Howard out there just to kind of see like okay let's see what 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 you what you represent and what you present that's going to be an asset to this team right. and to this organization um, i think rob is going to have to be extremely creative if he's going to make a move um and congratulations, to Rob Polinka, who was recently named the vice president of, of basketball operations as well as the general manager. And I think that's well deserved. I mean, um, he had a great off season. Side note, um, yeah, we all criticized Rob Palenka, mm-hmm. Uh especially with the Magic fiasco and yeah. how that fell out. Um, and we were wondering how Rob Polinka, you know, was going to function without Magic Johnson. Um, now that he has this 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 opportunity solo, and Genie Buss gave him a lot of kudos and credit. Uh, for why how he turned the organization around and how he was able to move some pieces around and get guys in position and having the Lakers at, at the you know pretty much top top three teams in the NBA uh, as a pertain number one in the West when it comes to records and how they've been effective. And we saw that we saw that as we talked about earlier on this bro, on this program about them their win against OKC yeah. um, last weekend. So I think when you look at what Rob Polinka has accomplished and I think he's not done. I think he's going to try to make some moves if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um right. And I think, you know, he he's definitely well deserving thus far of the titles that he's that he's he's been afforded um to make this team a success. So, I think with Rob's going to have to be creative when if, if if it's Darren Collison, if it's Drew Holiday, if it's somebody else out there, even a Jamal Crawford. Um,
0: and we've heard other names Robert Covington from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. If it's going to be Covington. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Sacramento Kings.
1: Yeah, I'm not with that because I, I don't, I, I, hear don't you. I don't think I don't think you trade. I mean there was talk about Kuz going up there for him even though he has an expiring contract, but why would you get rid of Kuz for a guy that has an expiring contract because you're probably not going to re-sign in the offseason. So I think that's a dumb and, move. And
0: Kuz has one more year left on his deal, and a, then he becomes a restricted free agent. I
1: think that's a dumb move um, for right. the Lakers to make that move. So I'm so glad they didn't press the button on that move well, or, or succumb yet. to pressure. There's three weeks I don't left. think I don't think they will. I mean, it has to make sense. Now, if, if they happen to be a third team and they're able to get a guy like Drew Holiday – or if they're able to get Covington or somebody like that that makes sense for this team, mm-hmm. then I think, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see it happen. Um, I don't think that but other than that, I think it makes more sense to kind of take their time, continue to do their due diligence as Rob has done. Right. Um, and be able to sit here and say, Okay, you know what? Hmm. Let's see how we could finesse this into our favor, like they did with the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. Um, so I think Collison could be an asset. I think, I, I mean, I like the Anthony Davis trade. I think the Lakers got the best part of that because you don't know what you're going to get with draft picks. You don't know who's coming out. Sure. You don't know who's going to do what. I mean, Brandon Brandon Ingram is flourishing in New Orleans, and a lot, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, he could have been like that in L.A. No, he not, wouldn't Not have next to these because, two, yeah. Because there's a different offense. Alvin Gentry runs a different style of offense. And Ingram's the number one option. What, than what he was accustomed to here in Los Angeles yeah. at, at that time. So I think sometimes guys flourish in different places under better systems that are better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same thing with Lonzo Ball. I still think Lonzo is is average. I still think he's you know he's scoring like crazy, he's, but I think he's average, and he's I think the they may be using stretch, they, yeah. may, they may be using him as as trade bait. You never know. They may trade him off and say, Okay, look, we're gonna build him up and trade him off. We've seen teams do that countless times before. Right. So it's no different with him doing that. Um, but I think when you look at this Laker team, man, I am so it's astonishing what they've been able to accomplish in a short period of time.
0: 32 and 7.
1: I Who think, predicted that? Who I mean, predicted that? And remember that? they were on a four-game losing streak yeah. at one time and Lakers Lakers Laker, a lot of Lakers fans thought the, the you know the sky is falling. Oh my god, it's four. I said listen, the NBA is about ebbs and flows. Sure. You're going to have winning streaks, you're going to have losing streaks. And like Quinn Cook told me this past weekend, it's not about what you do with the winning streaks. It's about how you how you come out of the losing streaks, right. how you come out of losing three straight, four straight. And those were four how do you bad losses.
0: Four bad losses to four good teams that the Lakers could see down the road. Uh, I, I would it, say like
1: three the, out of the four good teams because well, the Indiana loss, I mean, they should have smashed Indiana. Well, There's no the reason thing. for they, them they, not to smash They didn't
0: them. have Kuzma or Anthony Davis in that game. LeBron missed free throws. Listen. LeBron- wait, wait wait.
1: So you mean, wait, wait. So you mean to tell me. That they could beat Indiana with LeBron minus Kuzma minus AD, but they could beat OKC with no on Danny Green and no AD with only only with Kyle Kuzma and company. That, okay, I'm, I'm again, letting you know, bad loss.
0: It was okay. It was a bad loss, but at the same point, time, no excuse they for were, that loss. They were competitive in that game.
1: I don't. The who Mill gives walking, a damn about competitive? Did you get the W? Or did you get the L?
0: They got the L.
1: Okay, so the competitiveness means means that's okay, be well, a damn look, thing.
0: Look, they missed some big shots down the stretch. LeBron missed some big free throws down the stretch. They they were in a position to win that game, but Indiana made a lot more big plays down the stretch, including Malcolm Brogdon. The Denver loss was bad, even though they were competitive in the first half. Contender exactly. Denver's playoff contender. There was no LeBron in that game, and the Lakers just didn't look prepared. Uh, to not play that game without LeBron James, and then the Christmas Day game, you're up 15 early in the third quarter. They 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 just compl- I mean the uh, wheels completely came uh, off in the second half, and Kawhi Leonard stepped up. As I told y'all, the Clippers have a Lakers' number. Right. I told y'all well, that. be that as it may, the fact of the matter was the Lakers certainly played better in that game than they did on opening night. So, yes, they lost four in a row. But I'll say this: thank goodness they lost four in a row because you need to experience a little bit of adversity if you're going to get to a certain level because you have to know how mentally tough are we? How are we going to respond to adversity? Adversity, And do we have the mental stamina And toughness to persevere through that adversity. I think that's very, very important. And and as we've seen, the Lakers have not lost since Christmas Day. And yeah, they haven't closed out games against bad teams that well, but I think you could attribute that to a lack of focus. But going back to the Darren Collison situation, I think Darren Collison has always been one of the more underappreciated guards that we've had in this game. He could have gotten paid out this last summer had it not been for a sudden and unexpected retirement. Uh, Everywhere he's gone, he's made an impact defensively, offensively. He could shoot the three. He can get to the paint. He could break down a defense and find the open man. I think he is a team-first kind of guy. I think he's he's one of those guys like Mike Conley where – you, you don't always think of him as an elite point guard, but he still can be as good as any of those other guys on oh, any Mike given Conley night. Mike Conley
1: is a beast, man.
0: Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, though, Mike Conley has gotten has slipped through the cracks through the years because of yeah. how great Westbrook and Lillard and Irving and uh, all these other great point guards that we've seen through the years, Steph Curry, of course, uh, have, have been. So I would like to see the Lakers take a flyer on Jaron Collison. What I was saying about Rondo, though, is the fact that this is what Rondo is still capable of doing. So, if you have Rondo, who had 21-11 and 11 on Saturday night, how hard are the Lakers going to be looking at a guy like Darren Collison as opposed to looking at wing players, 3 and D guys, that could really be a better fit alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis and service a more pressing need for the Lakers?
1: Well, here's, here's what I say. I, can't, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I think when you look at this Lakers team, if you can't improve it, leave it alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I agree. I think sometimes you can do so much with two left shoes and don't even know it, and you will ruin a good thing, and by the time you figure it out, it could be too late. Yeah. I think if if it doesn't make sense, um, then leave it alone. I mean, much like Kobe Bryant said on all the Smoke podcast when he said, they asked him, Matt Barnes or Stephen Jackson? Great podcast, by the way. Oh, it's one of the best. I love the, I love those two guys. Matt, 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 and Stephen Jackson are two of the realest dudes. I had a chance to. I mean, I talk to Matt periodically. Yeah. Um, just when I see him. Check it out on Showtime, but they also post
0: clips um, on YouTube, guys. I'm telling you, those two are awesome. When together. I
1: talk, when I, I mean, when every and anytime that I, Matt's one of the realest dudes. Love out Matt here. Um, Anytime Uh, I see him He always shows You know Always shows love And respect And I show him You know The the same thing back Um, Even when I see him um, And even when I've run into Steven Jackson A couple times man, He's always kept it 100 mm -hmm. You know I always show him respect He shows it right back Um, Captain Jack I I, I love seeing Those guys flourish I love seeing What they're doing The success that they're having They they definitely Have earned it And deserve it Mm -hmm. Um, And when they had this To me The only thing I didn't like About the podcast With Kobe it wasn't long enough. Oh, I agree. And it was 40 I minutes was, long. I was hoping – I was like, okay, this is at least an hour and a half's worth of content. And, again, I know it's probably because of Kobe's schedule. It's not them. I can I know give you guys 40 minutes. I know because yeah. I know they would have been like, dog, we're going to make this like an hour and a half. Probably. Easy. But like, easy that's yeah. an hour and a half with Kobe. And,
0: and Nick, the other thing I, I was kind of hoping they would uh, – two things. I wanted Matt well, – I love the show, though. Of course, yeah. There were two things I wanted them to ask Kobe. One – how he felt about being eligible for the Hall of Fame, along with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Sean Marion, and Chris Bosh, uh, along with two WNBA players. I think Swin Cash and uh, Tamika Catchings well are, are well yeah, deserved. definitely well-deserved, two of the best WNBA players of all time. And two, I wanted them to explore what went wrong in that 2011 season, because they won 57 games, but they got swept badly by Dallas. Because I wanted them to talk to Kobe about that. Yeah, I think, listen. Considering Matt was on that Kobe, team,
1: too. Kobe... Talked about something really interesting. He talked about Rob Pelika. Yeah. Which I thought was good. mm mm-hmm. um, And the fact that he hasn't watched NBA, the only reason why he watches NBA games because of his daughter, who, my God, that is, that is him in a female form. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch that young lady play, her step back, you know, her step back jumper is just like her daddy. Yep. And the fact that he's now he's he's been mentoring a lot of NBA players, Kawhi, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Giannis, you know Giannis, James Harden, you know the list goes on. Yeah. The fact that something that he said to me that stood out was the fact that you know they asked him. I mean, it was kind of of a roundabout question, but I mean, I know it was like, hey man, what are you going to do in the after you know after basketball, and what he's accomplished after basketball, and taking that same Mamba mentality. That he had <laughs> into the other side. Obviously, him winning an Oscar, you know, pairing up with one of the greatest scores of, of films of, of, of probably of, of all time, John
0: Williams, absolutely, um, and, yeah.
1: and and and. You know, the animation, um, this the the books that he writes and why he writes those books. The children's books. story books that right.
0: that appeal to an audience that well, may I not have they, a voice. I you think know? they
1: appeal to a lot I think they appeal to yeah. everyone because of what he said. He's like, Look, man, I mean that Disney stuff is cool and it's a, you know, the fairy tale stuff is cool. He's like, But it has to be sometimes it has to be realistic and you have to give people Reasons why they should achieve, right? Mm -hmm. Reasons why, and how much you have to work because you can't just not work and think things are going to just magically appear. Absolutely, got to create your opportunities. I think that when you look at what he has, I think you know, I think it was a very good interview. I I like what Kobe had to say about the team. He said basically, look, the team looks—they're long, they're big, they're strong, they're tough. It's old school, and I had to question. I'm like, wait, where is the toughness at? Because when I watched that that Knicks game this past week against the Lakers and how they were getting pushed around. Um, I'm saying, where are the enforcers? I mean, obviously Boogie's an enforcer, but he's not on the court. Yeah. So I had to think. And shout out to my guy, Kareem Rush, who had to remind me. And I said, he said, dude, there's Rondo. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, "Damn, I forgot about Rondo." Because Rondo. Rondo can get gangster with you at any point. And in he time. stepped
0: up to Bobby Portis when yeah, he Portis did. knocked he did. KCP upside he the did. head,
1: and that was yeah. accidental. I told people, I said, "Dude, that was not a flagrant two. I thought that was bogus. I thought that I wasn't a flagrant two. He, he didn't accident one. Yeah, I don't even think it was a flagrant one. I think it was just a basketball Damn, move. Damn, Nick, you taking it back
0: to the '80s, huh? <laughs> no,
1: I don't think it. It wasn't because think about it. He I wasn't aiming for his head. Now I know guys that try to just knock a dude's head off, mm-hmm. like we saw James Harden do." Years prior, and try and, and and deliberately, or like we saw a Metal World Peace dude deliberately like elbow a dude to in James the face. James Harden, yeah, we that was deliberate. Yeah, but this guy, he didn't deliberately aim for KCP's face. He was trying to swap the ball, the ball away, yeah. and it just so happened he caught him on the top of the head. Yeah, my thing is this: also you can't it. stop if you're in motion. You this ain't this ain't the Matrix. Okay, you can't stop on a damn dime or a nickel or a penny. You know what I'm saying? You can't stop in the midst. Do you have a blue pill handy, by the way? I'm just – I don't know. Uh, (laughs) If you ask anybody that knows me, I don't need a blue pill. (laughs) But anyway, um, like I said, I think when you look at that – and I I think these refs really need to seriously, like, reconsider. I think they have to look at intent as as much as the reason why. Because I think even – And the guy guy apologized and said, hey, man, I wanted to check on KCP. I wasn't trying to injure the guy. I don't even think KCP thought he was trying to injure him. There
0: were two things with that. One is the fact of how you land not just the hit itself, but how you land. If a guy lands hard on the floor and he's down there grimacing and stuff like that, and KCP was in concussion protocol, I think that also adds to the fact that it's, yeah, but you it's gotta, flagrant too. And also, too, consider Bobby Portis's reputation. Yeah, but see, that's that's He the punched
1: out a teammate. But that's the problem, though.
0: You I can't, understand that's the problem, but that's how case, it is, though. Whoa,
1: but And that's the problem because it has to be a case-by-case case basis. You cannot prejudge guys. Yes, guys, certain guys – Have their their reputation precedes them. The same thing with Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was not a dirty player. Yeah. Metal World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest, was not a dirty player. Mm -hmm. He did a dirty deed against James Harden, Mm -hmm. but he did not, he's not a dirty player. Same thing with Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was just a hard nosed, old school, tough player. Same thing with Steven Jackson. Yeah. Um, And guys like that. Very physical, tough players. I don't think Bobby Portis is intentionally trying to hurt guys Mm -hmm. like that. I don't think he intentionally tried to hurt KCP. I think KCP realized that. And I think the refs have to stop being so damn sensitive. I mean, my God, if you look at a referee these days, I mean, these little dudes are so intimidated by these tall black guys. And I'm sitting here like, what are they going to do, fire on you? Well, it's You think they stupid enough to lose money and lose their paychecks because they don't like a call that you made? Yeah, they'll look at you. Hell, I'd look at you if you made a stupid-ass call against me, but I'm not going to do anything physically to harm you.
0: Well, yeah, and here's the thing with these, the refs. These refs are weenies, here, man. Here, here's the thing with the refs. There has been an influx of new officials over the last three years. And they're weenies. Right. The, the days Most of Dan of Crawford, Joe Crawford, Bob Delaney, uh, Dick Bavetta, Bennett Salvatore. These guys were fantastic refs, and I'll tell you why. Because they had a rapport with the players. You know, yeah, they would make bad calls. And yes, some, and some of Joe Crawford them. threw out Tim Duncan for laughing on the bench one time. But at the same point in time, there was and a he respect. he was a weenie for that. Right. There <clears throat> was a respect there. Excuse these me. are younger guys who are, I think, a little bit more by the book. And I think right now they're also saying these NBA stars are not going to get the drop on us. We are going to set a tone that all of them are going to respect. But going back to the original point about uh, Rajon Rondo, I think he's an enforcer. I think Avery Bradley could be an enforcer. I think Dwight Howard should be an enforcer well, he, as well. He's
1: not, but I think and what, <laughs> what Kareem reminded me of is LeBron is an enforcer in his own way along with AD. They do it in a different way because the guys are not going to really fight. Guys are right. not going to really get in your face like, like like it used to be in the 90s and even sometimes in the early 2000s. Um, the game has changed dramatically. Everybody, when it friends. comes to that, yeah, most people are are, are, are friendly or friends, yeah, uh, as you eloquently put it. Um, I think also too, you know, guys don't want to lose their paychecks. Guys are scared of not making their money because if they get suspended or they get fined consistently, um, that takes away from their their bank accounts, and they don't want that. So I think <laughs> it's a different game. I think it's more of a a stare down type of situation. It's rare when you can find a guy that's really about that life. Again, a dude that I'm not messing with is a couple dudes. I ain't messing with if boogie cousins for sure. Patrick Beverly is another one. I ain't messing with because that dude has a chip, the size of Frito-Lay on his shoulder. I ain't messing with that guy. Draymond depends on what night we catch Draymond on. I mean, there's a lot of other guys that I'm not messing with Joel Embiid. I ain't messing with that dude. Yeah. Um, I you don't know, know if
0: I would mess with PJ Tucker, actually, because No,
1: PJ Tucker's a dude that you don't want to really get wild yeah, at. I, up I don't
0: know if I would want to step to him, you know. And and you know, how about TJ Warren recently with Jimmy Butler?
1: TJ Warren should you gotta catch a fade. <laughs> you gotta catch a fade. Listen, <laughs> there here, it is. here's the rule of thumb. If another man tells another man to invite him down to his genitals, that's a fade. That's a fade. Straight yeah. up. You cannot tell somebody to go suck something on your on your body and think you're just gonna walk away that's why jimmy was like dude he know what's up and when i see him it's on and that wasn't like oh i'm gonna see him on the court no 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 no. see brothers you can't brothers don't take too kindly to that and you can't tell no, those are fighting words yeah they are. those are fighting words like if a dude if i go out here right now and a dude got mad at me and was like man suck well Next thing you see next thing you're gonna hear is yeah, two you you get a two piece without the biscuit <laughs> straight up that's just what it is I and and, it. and again, because it's not even about being a tough guy, it's about respect, and yes, you guys can get into it on the court, and you guys are gonna jaw at each other. that's fine, but when you tell somebody to suck something on your body and you call it, and you follow it up with the b word yeah. Oh, it's a wrap. You got to catch a fade. No bueno. So if I'm Jimmy, I'm surprised that Jimmy didn't catch him on a team bus. Much like how we saw Carmelo catch KG that time when KG was talking crap about Carmelo's wife.
0: He stepped over the line on that. And Carmelo was
1: like, nah, homie, it ain't that kind of party. You could talk that tough talk on the court, but I'm going to come see you on the team bus. And they had to literally hold Carmelo back because he wanted to see KG.
0: Because that's getting personal, though. When and you and I start don't talking blame about him. people's wives or kids. That's or what I'm saying. Or you, tell, are you dads tell somebody, or like you that? tell somebody
1: yeah. to do what T, what TJ Warren yeah, exactly. told Jimmy. But that, that's, that's why over I, the line. I was like, dude, Jimmy, why didn't you go to the team bus, bro? Because I just totally been on board with that. Because I'm like, yo, man, you got to catch that fade. And I and don't think it's over. No. It's far from over. And I ain't talking about just on the court. It is from over. No different than when 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 uh uh when JJ Stokes got spit on. Yeah. And he just let it ride. I'm like, "Dog, I'm not somebody spit on me? Yeah. We fighting today? We fighting tomorrow? Next time I see you, we catching a fade until I get tired." I'm surprised Rondo and Chris Paul didn't get into it on Saturday night. Um, I you don't think I, mean? I think I think because I think, you know, they pretty much know what time it is and they and 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 you know, Ron, I, I tell us I say this to this day. I don't think Rondo intentionally spit at Chris Paul. I think when you have a mouth guard, I think when you jaw jawing at each other. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, unintentionally, when I'm talking, you know, saliva's come out of my mouth on accident. Happens, yeah. I wasn't spitting at the person, especially if we get into a passionate argument. I'm not spitting at the person like, ah, ah. I'm not doing that. Yeah,
0: that has a different look to it.
1: I'm yeah. literally, and I'm like, oh, my bad.
0: Yeah, but at that point things were heated, right? And and things were going to go down. He didn't no. spit at the and guy. And Rondo, Rondo doesn't need to spit. Rondo will just come after that's you. That's disrespectful, yeah, exactly. dude. Like I, yeah. I don't
1: deem Rondo as a disrespectful dude. He'll just you know come after mean? you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, I mean, we gonna we gonna sell it one way or the other. But I don't think that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, guy, before you a basketball player, before you a journalist, before you anything, you're a man first. You're a human being, and yeah. I think people have to be reminded of that from time to time. That you're a man first. It's just like I've had to correct a couple of people that have got out of pocket with me. And I said, don't let this shirt and tie fool you. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a Billy badass. I'm not. I'm a dude that look, man, if you cool with me, I'm cool with you. I love people that love me. Right. Right. You come out of pocket with me, though. I'm going to pull you to the side. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm going to pull you to the side. And I'm going to say, look, man, what the hell is your problem? What the hell is going on here? And we can sell it one or two ways, mm-hmm. and after that, we'll come to an agreement. We could walk away as men.
0: It's very old school. I, and uh, Nick, you and I, we've talked about our respective skirmishes off the, you know, off the record and stuff like that. And the way I think you approach it is very much like, hey, we're gonna handle our business, but afterwards, we'll come to an agreement. Afterwards, not a, not everybody always sees it that way. You know? I
1: mean, and that, and that, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think. Because that's the way that's the cut that's the cloth I'm cut from. Of like, course, yeah. And I think that's a great cloth. That's what, you know? That's what wish more people were like. I think that. I think a lot of cats are kinda like that. And I'm like, oh man, like Not
0: many that I know, but maybe I think more quite than a few know.
1: cats are like that. Let me say yeah. a lot, but there are quite a few cats that are like that. And yeah. I think when it comes to basketball, I think when it comes to you know, anybody on the Lakers squad, I think they have each other's backs. I think when you look it's at a brotherhood. When you look at what they represent, whether it's Troy Daniels, whether it's Quinn Cook, whether it's Uh, um, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley. That's
0: another enforcer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cheerleading enforcer. (laughs) Um, When you look at, um, you know, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, JaVale McGee, Mm -hmm. guys like that, these guys are truly a brotherhood, and they got each other's backs like a spinal cord. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have that type of camaraderie, you have that type of brotherhood, I think it's going to be so crucial when these guys get into these trenches of – despair sometimes because they're going through losing streaks or what have you, uh, maybe a significant injury God forbid, they're going to have, they rally around each other. And I think that's what we saw Saturday night. And I think that's always been there, but it didn't, we didn't see it come into fruition until Saturday night. Yeah. I think it's always been there because you don't just have it. It's not a light switch. You just can't turn it on and off. No. I think it's either there or it's not yeah. because you cultivated that chemistry for so long that you're able to execute it and disseminate it in a way where now the masses can see it. And they think, oh, it just magically appeared. No, it's been there. It's been there, yeah. It's like a seed in the ground. It's, It's constantly growing just because you don't see it. Right. It's constantly growing until it makes that one little sprout through the ground, but you have to constantly keep watering it, constantly keep cultivating the dirt, constantly keep doing the things that are necessary for it to grow, to to sprout through the ground and sprout up to where it's supposed to be. And I think it's the same thing with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, this is a remarkable team. I think this is one of those – this is a very special team. I would be highly surprised if they don't make it to at least the Western Conference Finals. I would be highly surprised. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because this team is not just talented, but Connected. they're – yeah you know, they connected like the West side. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're that's really just what they are.
0: They're very connected. And I think this is, that's the value of having a veteran team, a team with as much experience. And you have a lot of champions on that team. Don't forget a lot of guys that are sporting jewelry through the years. So they know what a championship looks and feels like. And I think they also know like whatever this team needs me to do. And I said this earlier, I'm going to be there for, for them because this is what you do when, when one brother is down. You felt you do your best in filling the void, and that's what we saw against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And to me, Nick, that was the most impressive win of the season uh, as of right now, oh, considering how many – I mean, you were down your two big guns. You were down another key starter in Danny Green, sure. and you were up 32 against one of the hottest teams, not just in the Western Conference, in the league, and one that could be a playoff team in Oklahoma City uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got a couple of all-star caliber players on that team. And to smack them in the head, At 32 points, whether they were focused or not prepared or what, that's still very impressive. And it it, it goes beyond the great games of Kyle Kuzma and Rajon Rondo. That was a complete team effort we saw on Saturday and then the
1: night before on Friday in Dallas. It was. I think when you look at this squad and when you look at what they have, it's going to be a beautiful thing. All right, real quick, we got about 60 seconds left. Cleveland, Orlando, Houston, what's their record? What's the Lakers' record? 3-0. Oh, look at this guy. Yeah.
0: 3 0. I don't think Anthony Davis should play the next two games. I got a feeling he'll play. He won't play tonight, but he'll play in the Orlando game. So
1: he won't play Monday night.
0: Yeah, he won't play. Uh, yes, he will not play Monday night against Cleveland, but I think he'll play on, on uh, when is it, Wednesday night against the
1: Orlando oh, God, Magic. God, I hope not. But, yeah. you know, if they do, yeah, I'm going to have to go 3 mm-hmm. 0. I'm going to have to say 3 0 on this podcast. And let me say this um, before we go, I just want to say thank you. Uh-oh. To um the Showtime Forum staff, Greg Bergman, um, the entire Showtime Forum po- uh podcast and, and the listeners and the staff because they afforded me the opportunity um to be on here and I really appreciate y'all whether you guys agree with me, disagree with me. I appreciate it all because the whole point is to get you, everybody to listen to this podcast and continue to listen to this podcast. Cause I think Chris is going to do a phenomenal job continuing on moving forward. Um, but I will be moving on, um, in a different capacity. And so, uh, you will be hearing the voice of Chris. Some of you will be rejoicing that you will not be hearing my voice anymore, <laughs> which is completely fine. Oh, like, come on. I'm sure there may be three or four of you that may be like, damn, he ain't going to be on there anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I appreciate yeah. the opportunity. I think this is, a, this is a good platform. I think it's a great platform for Lakers fans um, to, to engage and to, to be a part of something that's going to continue to, to be a, a, a growth and an elevation uh, when it comes to fandom especially laker fandom right um but listen um i think the podcast is in good hands i think um they'll find a, a, a probably a better replacement um we'll see about when better. it comes to <laughs> when it comes to you know just the, the keeping the podcast alive and keeping it going um thank you i appreciate it happy 2020 to everybody out there yeah Um, And and I'll be around. You know what I mean? I'll be around like the spinners, baby.
0: (laughs) It's been a pleasure doing this show with you, Nick. And obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if people know this. Nick and I have known each other a long time. We're not only. Uh, colleagues and co-workers, but we're also good friends as well. We and are? Uh, absolutely. I, I think so. I mean, you know. No, I'm just messing with you. That would be a whole hey, another rumor. He's hey. really not. No, they're not. No, no, but it's, it's been a pleasure. and I love going, the back and forth that we have because Nick, Nick has a certain take on things. I have a certain take. And, you know, it doesn't mean that either of us are, are wrong or that we're not cool when we're in the middle of a heated debate. It just means that we're both passionate about what we believe and and we're both passionate Ugh. about about this team and, and and about the sports business in general. So I just want to say it's been a pleasure hosting this podcast, and uh, good luck in your future endeavors, my friend.
1: Well, thank you, man. That sounds like I just got fired. Uh, <laughs> Any time they tell you we wish you well in all your future endeavors, that usually means you got fired.
0: All right. Well, I don't have a gold watch ready. But for uh,
1: <laughs> no, I mean, you never know what the future holds, sure. and yeah. you know the beauty of it is, like I said, I told you know I'll be around um, as far as the Showtime forum is concerned. So you may have me back on as a guest at some point in time Absolutely. on this podcast, and. Dealing with them, you know, which is fine. It's totally fine. But, uh, (laughs) you know, like I said, it's just a lot of different things that are evolving um, with me um, and what I'm doing with my career and what I'm doing with different, you know, opportunities that I've been afforded. Um, And so I don't want to ever shortchange anybody. Um, And I know if I'm not going to be able to put forth maximum effort and time uh, to this program, then there's no point of me trying to continue on you know, 50% butt-cracking it, or should I say half-assing it. Um, Going all the way or not at all, absolutely. You know, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to cheat the fans. I don't want to cheat the listeners. I don't want to cheat the platform. So, you know, thank you all. I just want to say thank you. Um, I appreciate everybody that has followed me and continue to follow me on social media platforms at Nick Hamilton LA. I implore you to keep following. Make sure you keep following Showtime Forum um, with all the latest and greatest – and news and notes in the world of Lakerland, and with the players and coaches, and uh, make sure you follow Chris Camello as well, and keep uh, keep abreast of what he's got going on, as as well as everybody else. Um, Absolutely. So, thank you.
0: Yeah. No. De- definitely. Thanks again, Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, be sure to always follow us on. Uh, at Showtime Forum on all social media platforms and download all, and subscribe to all the podcasts on all streaming platforms, Showtime Forum, and as well as the the, the website, ShowtimeForum.com. If you want to continue to follow Nick, at Nick Hamilton LA, also follow uh, at Nightfall Media, uh, N I T E F A L L M E D I A, and NightfallMedia.com as well. And be sure to follow me at Chris underscore Camelo on Twitter and see Camelo one on Instagram. Nick for the last time. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks. Thanks so much again for all your hard work on this podcast.